Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes, please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF, who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic, and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies, and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex, and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me, expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you, and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must, so take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay, hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here, and now let's dive into today's topic. Hi, I am just beaming with excitement to share today's episode of uh, the podcast with you. It's a slightly different one um, because it's a conversation slash interview with a woman, Megan Swan, who's uh, a participant in my deep dive, my super immersive mastermind program, Shameless. And so we recorded this conversation to talk about Shameless. So to inspire you to know what is possible in terms of sexual wellness and sexual development when you intentionally try to do something about it and you get the theoretical knowledge, the practical tools, the community, and the coaching. And so Shameless is a life-changing, sexuality-changing program that, that I've created, that I'm super proud of, that is a kind of culmination and gathering and collection of my knowledge from having explored sexuality personally and professionally for almost a decade now. I've worked with thousands of women online in courses. I've worked with almost 100 women in one-on-one coaching. And now 30 women have gone through shameless with incredible results and transformation. So Megan so generously lent me her time and also her honesty and transparency around her life and her experience in Shameless. And she shares in this episode how Shameless helped her heal a birth trauma, how it's helped her up-level her sexuality and create more authentic and sexual connection with her husband of 12 years, how she's become a better mother and how her business has started thriving after working with her sexuality and how as a wellness coach she was missing the sexual wellness and after having done shameless she really understands what a massive big piece sexuality is to one's health and general well-being so who is megan like i said she's a wellness coach she works with high performance humans entrepreneurs and modern companies to help them thread strategic wellness practices into their existing routines and company culture in doing so it enables more sustainable energy motivation and creativity to achieve their goals without burnout megan has 10 plus years of integrative wellness experience as a certified iin health coach plant-based chef yoga teacher and consultant and she is on a mission to make wellness a way of life and not a check mark on your to-do list. Megan is an incredible woman. She has a podcast. She has a cool website. Um, so check that out in the links below and listen to this episode, not only if you're curious about my program, Shameless, but if you want to just feel inspired by a woman in her 40s who had forgotten and down prioritize her sexuality for a long time after becoming a mother after being in a long-term relationship for a long time and hear about the 
possibilities that are available to you as well if you, like I said at the beginning, intentionally do something about it. Uh, it's a beautiful conversation uh, between Megan and I, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to share this with you. So Megan, if you're listening, thank you again. And uh, to everyone else listening, I hope this conversation serves you. Uh, I know it will. Enjoy. All right. Yay. Welcome, Megan. Here we are. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here and for, um, yeah, being so open and honest about your participation in Shameless and for sharing your experience with the listeners. A little, uh, my son is already interrupting. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, for everyone listening, I have a mild cold, so you can hear that on my constipated nose. And I'm home with my son. He's sick as well, but my husband is here. So if you hear noise in the background, you know what that's all about. Uh, it's my crazy four-year-old. <laughs> and Megan has kids as well at home. So, you know, who knows what interruptions we'll hear from there. But anyways, so we're here to talk about your experience in Shameless. And Shameless is my um, eight-month-long mastermind program. And I would love to um, go through some questions and ask you about your experience in Shameless so that anyone who's listening, who's curious about a program like this or specifically curious about Shameless, what it was like, Megan's uh, words and sharings might uh, inspire you to uh, either join Shameless or any other similar program and just feel excited about the possibilities of sexual growth, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I would love to begin with um, at the very start, like where were you before you joined Shameless? Yeah, well, um, first off, I just wanted to say like, it's just an honor to be um, invited to share because I'm, after, I mean, even I think before doing the program, but particularly after, I think just so inspired to get this message out to more women, maybe not just women, humans, <laughs> like it's such a powerful transformation. And I know that I'm even now just at the beginning, you know, like it's, it's almost opening Pandora's box to a whole level of growth that you maybe didn't even have on your radar. So I came into Shameless really with the intention to probably ultimately improve the sex life with my husband of now 12 years, we've been married for six, but together for 12. Um, and just because I felt like there could be more spark, there could be more, like, it's not like it was particularly bad by any means. It was more like we just needed some, some tools, some encouragement, some, some, something, I didn't really know what, but I felt like it just didn't make sense how our connection everywhere else is so great. And um, this was kind of like one of the things, even from the very beginning um, of our relationship, like it was never just quite the thing. And um, yeah, also as a mother, like I think I had worked on, you know, post becoming a mother, I had worked on myself, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and like so many other modalities and gotten so far. Um, but I really just didn't see sexual growth or now what I'm referring to as sexual wellness as like a category really even so it yeah. just like <laughs> blew my mind basically yeah wonderful so uh hearing that you were at a pretty good place with your husband like it wasn't bad it wasn't terrible but you were curious about what else is there and there's got to be something more like, is this it? And also that missing or not missing, but like the final piece of wellness, uh, especially as, you know, in the postpartum, like post becoming a mother, the sexual wellness piece. Yeah, And I think the way that you presented, because it's, it's similar how, to how I work in that, like, I really think one needs to find these transformations in themselves before they can hope to transmit or inspire, or, you know, um, influence that some positive change in somebody else, their partner, their child, like whatever it is and whatever aspect of wellness I'm talking about at this point. But I think I knew, or, you know, in my twenties and like, before I met my husband, like my sex life was so key, but mm -hmm. not really from like a wellness perspective, but I've always loved sex. And then I got into this relationship that's the longest, best relationship of my life. And it was like the one piece that didn't quite 
it wasn't fireworks in the same. I mean, we'd have like the odd firework one session, you know, like, but it's not like it, there was that same tension that I'd had in the past. And I didn't have the foresight at that point to see, like, I had also personally just like completely let this fall to the wayside as a mom, as like, I guess, getting frustrated in the pandemic and the relationship that it wasn't quite there. And so just deciding, well, it doesn't need to be, you know, it's, it's not a non-negotiable for me. And yeah, I think I'd also really bought into these narratives that, you know, when you're in a committed relationship, you're like, you're not self-pleasuring all the time. Like I just had completely disconnected myself from that, from myself in that sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some really important like reflection points or like insights around the, the, not the domino effects, but like the, the contributing elements in how one as a woman or regardless of gender, but how one starts to um, forget about their sexuality, like from their twenties to where you're at now um, as I don't know exactly know your age, age, but like 40 plus, right? 40. Three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from from 20s where it's like so kind of given uh, for most people to be sexually, like have a, a sexual kind of abundance in terms of energy and experiences and sure there can be issues and it, it, it varies a lot from person to person, but specifically in your situation, like there was a, it was, it was so central to your experience. Mm-hmm. And then as one grows older, long-term relationship, you're, you run a business, uh, marriage, children and all of these things just stack right on top of each other and little by little that commitment to and dedication to one's sexuality like self-pleasure you mentioned as well like I just didn't do it that that dedication to one's sexual wellness and and sexuality it kind of just I don't know it goes out the window or it's just at the bottom of the priority list and then 10-15 years later most people think like well what happened well that happened, right? Like we don't have that. We don't have the role models. We don't have the inspiration. Maybe we don't have the tools uh, or the community or the culture that encourages one to actively engage in sexual sexual wellness and sexual maintenance and care. And then when it stops working or it stops feeling great, no wonder, right? And I see that so, so, so often. So I love that you mentioned those things, though, contributing factors. And, um, and yeah, and so I'm so excited to hear, like, how has that shifted for you? Yeah, well, I mean, going back as you're talking, I'm thinking like just one silly story that I had told myself and, you know, I don't know where I got it from, honestly, like society, I guess, you know, that you when you're in a committed relationship, you only masturbate when your partner's away, like when you're not with your partner (laughs) or um, and so just things like that. Like, I know this isn't necessarily how you set up the course, but I personally, just because it's worked for me in other aspects of of changing habits um, in terms of like what I eat or exercise or meditation or something like that. I always like to do these kind of intense challenges where it's like, how many days can I go without not, you know, like, so I was doing these within the course, I was doing a couple of times, 21 or 30 days of self-pleasure. And you have these beautiful practices. And I love that there's essentially a menu, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, some some are like, you know, like get to business kind of audios and others are really much more energetic, more spiritual. And well, I mean, they're inviting you to take it wherever you want. And um, so even if I wasn't feeling like particularly quote unquote sexual in a given day, there was something to work on, you know, in that still in that realm without it need to be feeling sexual. I don't know if that makes sense, but I found it just so informative. Like I have with all other, you know, practices of, of making changes and shifts in my body. But I think you shift your perspective ultimately at the, at the end of the experience, because you realize, you know, how much more amazing you could be feeling. Yeah. That's so key because we have, we we tend to have a negativity bias, right? (laughs) Our minds. And then we get into this kind of like low grade tension, low grade um, negativity in the body, feeling tired and sluggish and, ugh, you know, I resentment towards all the things we have to do. And we, we don't realize that sometimes all it takes is like 
five minutes of intentional breathing and focusing and visualizing and some sensual touch. And you're like, holy fuck, I feel like a, I feel great. Actually, I do feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, and I'm allowed to like, (laughs) it's available to me and no one told me I shouldn't, or no one actually explicitly told me that I was forbidden to feel this way. But we kind of, we've kind of internalized this idea or this just general sense of like, I, I, life is shit and I need to feel grumpy, like low grade, unhappy all the time. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think, I think it's another narrative there that I have into about the dichotomy of, you know, when you're a mother, you know, being super sexual is taboo to, to, to mix that with motherhood on, you know, any direct level. And I think that's one of the things that I think you said that in the beginning. And I just, you know, I was optimistic, but it didn't quite <laughs> see how one was going to connect with the other. But, um, you know, ultimately, just like every aspect of your wellness, when you become more at ease, you have more energy, you're more connected to yourself. Um, you're just a better human all around, you know, and, and, and as a mother, like for me, what always wanes when I'm not I'm at my best self is, is my patience. And more often than I'd like to think, I think I, you know, I yell a lot when I don't want to and overreact. I mean, this is like drastically improved over the years. Um, it's actually my, my anger was one of the reasons I started um, working on myself in other modalities in terms of eating better and um, just essentially self-care, everything but self-pleasure or self-care around specifically sexuality. And, you know, I got really far. And I, and I think like one maybe important element of my story is, is why, like, why now? <laughs> yeah. did, I, did it occur to me to become interested in this? And I think there were a couple of things like one through some of the sort of um, sacred women's circles that I'd participated in in the last couple of years, you know, generally from a more spiritual um, perspective or, you know, focus. But it's certainly this the, uh, the seed had been planted that there's something that's essential to your optimization as a woman or your, you know, your femininity, your power, your decision-making, even your creativity, like there's just this, um, well, my, my spiritual mentor, uh, Julie Pyatt, she goes by Srimati. She always talks about the new feminine Trinity, you know, that essentially your sexuality is your creativity is your spirituality. Like it is a triangle. They're completely intertwined. So that's one of the reasons that it was on my radar that I like wow, I've like completely, well, I'm, I wouldn't say I was completely shut off, but I'm not tapping into this like I could because the way in which some women are talking about this, like I just don't, that's not connecting for me. Um, and what really drastically shifted my life, um, I'm going on four and a half, a little bit more than four and a half years now where I decided to quit drinking. And in my 20s and 30s, like, my sexuality was very intertwined with, you know, like going out, finding someone to have amazing sex with, having amazing sex and like rinse and repeat. <laughs> and so it was this, um, like, I feel like a lot of the permission around doing this, a lot of things were innate, like being extremely sexual, loving sex that was really tied to me in this, like, oh, but that's like, I was promiscuous because I was drunk, you know, not to say that that was like the entire history of my sexuality, but there was a pattern. I was fortunate that I had many, um, you know, long, long-term committed relationships with incredible partners. And it wasn't like there was always alcohol involved by any means, but it was this part of me that I think I had some shadow work to do, you know, like I really wasn't accepting that how much, I love sex and, um, that that wasn't a bad thing by any means, you know, and like, even as a mother and even as, um, maybe they're just narratives that I was telling myself, but, um, yeah, I I feel like there was just a lot of sort of layers that I had to personally remove before I got to this point where I'm like, no, no, this is, this is the next thing. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. I feel like it's something that we worked on really specifically, you know, with your unique situation and your unique journey in Shameless was to really find that core. Like, I love sex. I have always loved sex and I'm going to keep loving sex, goddammit, as a 43 year old <laughs> mother and wife. And, you know, in this stage of my life, sexuality gets to look different and feel different than it did in my 20s and just look at that like we did some look at that shadow piece around sexuality and around associations with um partying or you know things in related to those um like that that behavior that you had at that time but really find that core of like I have a strong sexual desire I'm a strong sexual libido I've always had it and that's something to celebrate and to work with and then finding like you said the 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 understanding and sort of also putting it into a new light with that feminine trinity. I love that. And I definitely agree that women can find their spirituality through, through their sexuality. And our sexuality is not only physical pleasures of the flesh, which is amazing in and of itself and enough, you know, <laughs> it's enough to be, to be a good thing to do, to engage, to engage in. Right. But there is so much more to sex, right? There's a, it's a, really a treasure trove of wisdom of who you are, and what's available to you as a human on this planet is one of the gifts of being a human is experiencing human eroticism and the transgressive nature of sexuality. But in that, there's also a kind of holiness, right? A kind of sacredness. And and what feeds, I, I love um, Mama Gina says, what feeds the holy in women? And she says, it's pleasure, right? It is mm -hmm. pleasure. And she talks about, um, I just read her book, um, Pussy again. And she talks about the cycle of radiance, where it's like turn on leads to pleasure, where you're actively engaging with pussy leads to a feeling of radiance leads to a feeling of being connected with the goddess within yourself like that, that holiness, that, that sacredness, that kind of spirituality. Um, and so there are so many different like if sexuality is the trunk, there are so many branches, right? You have your youthful sexuality, you have your, you have your childhood sexuality, you have your you know, adolescent sexuality, you have your, your 20s. And then, but for most women, then it kind of like dies off. And then it's just like, there's no growth, right? But the tree keeps growing throughout your whole life. And it, there's that, that sexual sexuality is a trunk, is a, a core experience that, that is part of you until the day you die. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know where to start because there's so much. Uh, but <laughs> sorry, but I think. Well, no, I. One thing I wanted to say was, well, one, it's just such a like I read um, vagina right before, and I was reading pussy right at the beginning. That's on your reading list, mm -hmm. um, and both of those books like dramatically shifted my perspective and were life changing, and I, and I just wanted more, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And then what you were just saying about um, essentially radiance and magneticism, like that, that was something that I had been working on sort of like from a, um, expanding my ability to receive in terms of starting my business, entrepreneurship, um, healing my relationship with money. Like there's so many things that are related to your sexuality. And um, yeah, like as soon as there's just so many points in the course where we're like specifically working on one thing and something shifts and then like some positive shift happened in my business at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's maybe not a connection that everybody, everybody makes. Um, but the other thing that I, I really wanted to, to share, because I think maybe a lot of women were, are in similar situations like another piece of the puzzle that the reason I kind of allowed it to to sort of go to the back burner over over time as a mom is post my my second birth story I hadn't really healed that um and I just my my body had physically changed like my like it's not like that I was unhappy with how it, my body I was actually you know I'd been training for marathons like more fit and and proud of how I looked physically than ever before however the way that I had been stitched up post delivery was hard for me to get used to and I just really didn't spend any time you know healing my relationship or accepting how my vagina was post partum um, and I think there was this silly story there, you know, it's like there was just resistance about facing it and it really wasn't that different, but it, because it was like kind of different and you just make it like this bigger thing 
than it needed to be. So um, I wanted to share that because there was this really powerful point in in Shameless where, um, you know, I wasn't the only person who hadn't healed the birth story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that it was such a tender moment in the group where these shared experiences of negative negative birthing experiences and even like emotional physical trauma from giving birth surfaced in in many of the uh, group members and it was a beautiful collective healing moment but also individually so powerful for each and everyone who shared that and were able to voice that and be seen and validated in the experience and that was um, a big shift for you uh, I remember, and I think not only the, the the story that you'd created around it, but also the energetics and the emotion, like the stagnated emotions underneath the physical experience of sometimes that emotions or, or the, that energy or that like unresolved energetics or the unresolved emotions underneath can on the most like um, like super superficial thought level become those negative narratives to 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 keep us away from it, right? To keep us away from the pain, to keep us away from from the area when they're sitting unresolved energies and emotions there yeah and it was like such a huge piece um well it was this blockage that my husband and I had between us and yeah you know might seem really obvious now that we're talking about it but to me it was not clear at the time that that was um negatively impacting our relationship in the bedroom in general you know like it was just this sort of um elephant in the room that the only time it got discussed was in public situations with, you know, mind you in close friend circles or whatever, where each of boys are very different points of view of how that birth went, you know, very well, every single doctor that was in the room, like it's this kind of weird experience that, and the, the, the doctor that received, um, the delivered my youngest is their pediatrician, like, and he's, interestingly always been like one of the the bigger allies for seeing my in terms of the doctors of the room because I had two doulas I knew it was going to be an issue so I had like for every doctor there was a doula <laughs> uh, <laughs> for for balancing points yeah. of views energies and maybe <laughs> sex also like gender <laughs> exactly uh and and it's still like you know basically it was a traumatic experience for my husband because he felt like all he and most of the doctors felt out of control yeah and for me um you know at the end of the day I lost control of of the birth and um and so there was just a lot there and because we had such um heightened I don't know, energy or opinions on our perspectives. Like we hadn't been able to have a healing conversation around it because we would both just like sit in our corners of our opinions, if you will. And um, the tool that you gave me was essentially, you know, he needs to understand that you just need to share your side of it and he needs to hear it without saying anything, you know, like it's because most men in my experience, my husband included, you know, is anytime I bring something up, they're like, it's seeing it as criticism or something that needs to be fixed. <laughs> like, and therefore if they can't fix something that happened, Ooh, my youngest is going to turn eight, um, in a couple of weeks. So it happened eight plus years ago now. And, um, yeah, it was just like really important that we had that healing conversation where he, just sat and received like how hard that whole thing was for me. And, you know, I, I had a lot more compassion for his, his experience as well. And, you know, that removed a a massive block for us. Yeah. Oh, I have such a gooey, mushy, warm feeling in my chest that's spreading through my body when I, um, when I hear you say this and when I remember just how beautiful and gentle and impactful, like gentle yet potent that experience was for you, um, where you could meet each other and, and actually meet in loving compassion and, um, and validate each other's experiences and how hard it was for both of you to go through that traumatic and in different ways, um, for both of you um and you were able to resolve that that trigger and reconnect and remove the distance between you guys um yeah i remember uh, yeah i remember the the sweet gentleness of that 
of how it unfolded and how beautiful it was and how you came back after that conversation and you just felt so so seen and so validated by by your partner and like you said that also made you soften in how you perceived him and you were able to have compassion for what he went through once you felt validated and heard yeah it was really an important aspect for me yeah And I'm so glad that you bring this up and thank you for your transparency and honesty around this. It's so common that women carry unresolved, even unidentified birth trauma that impact their sexuality for years and decades and that block their ability to be intimate with themselves, to be intimate, feel intimately embodied in their genital and genital area. There can be a lot of self-resentment, a lot of anger towards the body for uh, failing, for um, not being good, for causing you pain or whatever. And then that obviously can create a lot of um, disconnection with a partner and anger and resentment towards them for how they showed up or how they didn't show up. And it can just wreak havoc uh, on a um, on a solo and a partner's sexuality for years and decades. So if this is you um, listening, if you feel that something like activates inside of you or you feel or even that it's it's very apparent to you and you know about it, just know that you're not broken and it's not unsolvable. Um, that there are ways to uh, heal from birth trauma and reconnect with your sexuality and even like uh, reactivate a beautiful partnered sexuality from from such a unfortunate experience and painful experience yeah well i mean obviously i as soon as i met you (laughs) i wish i'd met you before i had children (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) because i think uh like as you were talking i was thinking i think like maybe what's more common it for you know most women when they like I feel massively empowered post birth like I because I did both births with nothing like no drugs like breathe the yoga breathing uh and so I just felt like I had my life um on the one hand yeah but I also like I think there's this very common narrative in society where we just separate those two things. It's like oh, the all amazing power that women have to give birth and create humans. Um, and then their sexuality and those things are not connected. Right. And um, yeah. so even if you didn't have like a traumatic experience, like I think maybe it's more common that it's like, okay, now I'm in mother incredible mother mode (laughs) and that um yeah there's definitely just something I think really deep in society that kind of keeps us separating those two things um and I wish that I'd had a coach like you back then who would have tied them together at, at that very moment in time yeah yeah oh for sure there's like this invisible switch inside women's brains um it's a it's you know an inheritance from like puritanism like puritanical religious societal ideals from centuries upon centuries ago around this this switch that happens inside of us quite uh like un and subconscious where it's like well your your sexuality is now about creating like your sexual organs is now not for pleasure they are for child rear like creating rearing birthing and so bye bye your erotic self uh buried dead gone right um and there's funny enough like right now sorry to interrupt my 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 oldest is doing he's in grade five and so he's doing sex ed and it's just it's all about oh when you have a loving relationship that's the only time yeah i just feel like women are at, at such a disservice to not understand healing potentially spiritual but just like empowering like it's just this massive energy source um that you know i'm just so much so happy that reconnected to yes i'm so happy that you're reconnected to it and things are definitely shifting on so many levels in your life um you we talked about your relationship you mentioned um being a happier mother you talked about um it impacting your business positively and i say this all the time like when we work on such a core aspect of being a human it literally impacts all areas of your life and it's not like you're going to go out and become an entrepreneur but it will impact you positively in your unique career way maybe it's just like speaking up at a like team meeting and not being afraid to have an opinion right and well i mean i think almost all the women in the 
in our group had a shift in their careers, in their yeah. their their sense of like their desire around what they want to do and their ability to speak up and shift what's going on in, in massive ways, even though you know most of them aren't running their own business. I think it's just such a massive aspect of of who we are as women and being able to really, really take action based on this like deeper connection to your deepest desires and, and your yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Desire is so key. It's like you actually get to want to feel good. Like we talked about, you don't have to feel shitty. You can feel good. Um, and then what happens is then you're like, oh, there's actually desire from me, desire inside of me to want good things in my life. And it doesn't have to be materialistic. It can be expression, using your voice, creating wonderful, loving experiences with your family. Like desire wakes up and desire is so powerful, right? Because then all of a sudden you are a subject in your life. You have an opinion, you have wants, you have agency. And so no wonder they shut down female sexuality for a long time because we're so malleable when we don't have desire when we don't have wants when we're ridden with shame and internal blockages around our bodies right and so it's a it's a yeah and I think you were saying about the Puritan heritage of that but I think it was transmitted into the modern medical system and and and, uh it's it's real like it's just it's like these two things like women's health is not connected to sexuality it's just insane (laughs) yeah Exactly. I mean, there's so many things we went through in the course, like even just me realizing how my menstruation was kind of presented to me as a teenager and like how massively that could have been different and had had it been different, how I would have thought differently my entire life. And I just think, I don't know, we could talk all day. There's so many elements of the course. And (laughs) I think, I think really all of these transformations and we're only like on module three so far of what we've talked about. (laughs) yeah and it's so interesting right because none of the things that you actively like the things that shifted for you though during that part of the program we what wasn't even part of the curriculum right it wasn't like um the relationship module is at the end and birth trauma or like birthing experience isn't a module in and of itself and menstruation isn't covered in the in the lectures but that's what happens when we start diving in and focusing our attention to and doing these practices and meeting the body. And you're also in a group. So someone else has a revelation or insight and it sparks your reflection process. And you're like, holy fuck, I totally resonate with that. Or I had the same experience. I thought I was totally alone in that. Or I've never even thought about that. Why? That's so crazy. And so the you get like you get transformation around the specific things that are taught but then there's all of these other things that come up as we start to like you know lift the lid and things just surface um and that's so beautiful well i think for me ultimately i guess it's hard to pinpoint like what was the most important or impactful thing but i wasn't you know because i'd worked in group containers and other objects it wasn't you know i wasn't apprehensive but I definitely was curious as to how this was all going to transpire um, with other women. And because it kind of seems like it should be really private one-on-one work, maybe. And even, I think a lot of people would even question like what it's like to work with a sex coach. Um, And for me, it was just, I mean, it was just this perfect group as well. You know, like we were all mothers. There was um, one, you know, mother-to-be so we we shared that very um, key thread and we were all about the same age. And I feel like in my 20s, like I probably talked a lot more about my sex life with my friends at the time. And, you know, for the past 10 plus years, like that's not the case to just like maybe there's like an offhanded mention about something. Um, but it's just I don't feel like there's those circles for older women. And and of course. It starts, you know, with getting to know people and their sexual appetites, if you will, or, you know, I can't remember the ener- the different energies people have around it. And, um, but very quickly, it, it can um, dive much deeper into these areas and around which everybody needs your situation seen and heard by a group of other women and just acknowledge that, you know, even if nobody else has experienced it, just 
they can identify with with how you're feeling and validate your experience from that standpoint. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because it's not uncommon for people who A, have never been in group programs to really wonder about those things. Uh, and B, even if they have been in group programs, but this program is about sexuality, they have concerns or trepidation around doing an online program with a group of women where the focus is sexuality. And after, I would say, like the first session, everyone's like, yeah, okay, this is normal. <laughs> it's normal to talk <laughs> about sex and it's normal to do uh, these practices with yourself and talk about the experiences. And everyone always says it's so liberating. It's so healing to have a community where sex is allowed to, to you know, to be a, a, a topic of conversation. And in Shameless, of course, it's the central topic of conversation. But then, we yeah, I would say encouraged, not just allowed. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Right. Encouraged. Um, and you're a coach yourself. And I would just love to hear, you know, specifically around like, what do you feel made a difference um, in how I hold the container and how I work uh, as a as a leader and as a coach in a group? Um, how that how I work or like, what's the question? Like, how do yeah. I create safety and um, community? Like, what would you say around that for anyone who's maybe wondering how, how that would feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's an art and you uh, have mastered it. It's essentially creating a lot of share, you know, even the aspect that you also share some of your personal experiences, I think um, invites people to feel more secure in, in sharing and, and also just this, this constant reminder that nobody's obligated to share anything, right? Like, so it becomes this sort of domino effect where um, one woman is initially brave or a couple of women are initially brave. And, and then in our situation, we had women that had already taken Shameless. Um, and so they were already like well-versed in, in, in sharing the culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and then you know, I've always been, you know, like to me, I wasn't, um, it wasn't that I was hesitant about sharing any particular thing. It was more like as things came up, I was like, oh yeah, I think I need to share that too. Um, but it's not like I came to Shameless with the idea of even talking about my birth story, for example. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, and I mean, the way that you you respond to people and, you know, just deeply acknowledge and witness them for whatever it is that they're going through. And then I always find that your, your advice and your um, coaching essentially is, is very gentle, um, gives people specific tools, but, you know, a lot of space to sort of figure out what that what that might look like for them. And um, a lot of times, even on the call, you would just take an, an extra moment and help that person integrate like what they'd shared on a much deeper level. And many a times, you know, it's not like I'd gone through every single thing that someone shared, but I could find some element of what they were um, suffering or needing to heal and, and just take that that same tool or information and apply it to myself in other ways. And I think just holding space for people like that is a, a dying, <laughs> a dying reality that there are these safe spaces. Um, like I feel like historically there was a lot more around you know, women's circles and, and just a lot more connection between communities, like in your immediate community physically. And now this just doesn't exist anymore. And so you need to find these spaces online and in a lot of ways, finding them online because, you know, the likelihood that we'll be in the same room, <laughs> I don't know, it's not impossible, but it's not like we're in our, each other's lives and we see each other every day. So I feel like for a lot of people that might find, they might find that that's something positive. So you become deeply connected to these other women and you feel like you have the support system and, um, you know, Erica's, always leading the way on that and then at the same time you know it's not something physically in your community you're not going to like run into these people at the grocery store or, <laughs> although 
at this point, like I would love to run into any of these women at any, any point, but at the beginning, you're like thinking, uh, you feel like there's kind of like weird relationship. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I love that aspect of it that you mentioned that because it almost, you know, it, being online with a group it feels it, it, there's a tangible connection that forms we are meaning making individuals so we can you know bring meaning and connection to the people that we meet online even if we don't see them in person but then there's also that definitely um a positive thing that it is online because uh it creates a kind of healthy distance to your everyday life Mm -hmm. um in a way so when you share things that are maybe incredibly intimate incredibly vulnerable things you I mean many a times it's happened in the group that people say I've never told a soul about this right and Mm -hmm. so relieving yourself of that burden to people you know don't know that your brother or they not they're not going to buy some weird association know your mother-in-law and then you know potentially that could come up or you know it's never gonna happen because you're literally in different countries or different parts of the different parts of the world or different parts of a country so to a certain degree it adds a level of safety even if it can feel a little bit odd and different especially for someone who's not used to online spaces but I love that you mentioned that and also thank you for the yeah for me everybody was in in Europe so it's like yeah different continents (laughs) exactly I'm safe I can say this (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally um and um I think you know this has been such a beautiful conversation and we came into this completely um you know there was no plan no preparation so it's just been a wonderful conversation that's unfolded um the last thing that I just want to ask is well well two things so if you could pinpoint like what's your favorite part is there is there a favorite part is that possible to mm, like, like a yeah. module you mean or well I, like if it's the community or the the live call yeah no I mean it's 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 definitely the community well to me those are one and the same like the live call where it's this beautiful blend of catching up with everyone ultimately I think every call there was like some massive healing for one of us um so getting to witness that and feel like you're a part of um that experience for someone else or maybe it's you and then yeah like the the lessons although I think this time around you might be going to be separating that out to give even more juicy time to for the group to connect um but I always liked that there was you know some specific content you know something new to chew on and and um at the same time no pressure in terms of you know digesting everything as you went along like there's so much space and grace around your timeline and, and what aspects of the course you're personally focusing on for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think like your coaching combined with the community and, and just, I mean, it speaks to your coaching to the level of deep love and and connection that we all feel as the group now. Um, so much so that like, you know, we didn't, <laughs> Nobody wanted to to leave, <laughs> myself included. I've been crying. <laughs> yeah, because it is a really deep bond that we form, uh, and that deep bond becomes a safety net, which upon you can unfold and unravel lots of stuff, the pain, but also expand, ex- you know, exponentially your pleasure and like your desire and your your goals and aims for what you want to experience in life, and then. Um, yeah. yeah, like it's the only group I have in the world that I can just, um, you know, roll up with. So I wanted to tell you about how my pussy's feeling today, and nobody <laughs> like bats an eye. <laughs> Whereas, like, even my long, long, like, lifelong girlfriends look at me like I'm insane. Yeah. So, there's yeah. that. It's a place to really feel sane in in all yourself because since sexuality is one of the most taboo topics on this planet in all cultures basically and sexuality is encouraged as a topic and we focus so much on it that creates a place where you can totally feel like yourself in all aspects um and nothing you say could literally like well maybe not nothing but like at least I hold that space and I think that is you know that transmission contributes to the safety of the group like there's literally nothing anyone could say about sexuality that would freak me out or that I would judge anyone for because that's how deep my level of embodiment around sexuality and all of its diversity and and also with like 
distorted things in sexuality. It's like there are unhealthy things in sexuality, of course, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing would shock me, right? So yeah, I think you that, did really yeah. beautiful job of setting that up um, from the beginning. Like I was gonna say, I highly recommend. I don't know if you, I'm guessing you're gonna do it. You haven't done it yet. Like you do the sort of warm up um, free events because that really does give you a tangible sense of what these groups like it's not at all speaking to the level that you feel because it's like a lot more people on the call you don't know them personally but it really does give you a good taste of um you erica and like how you handle the the very safe feeling and zero judgment space like that was what was clear to me off the bat that you know you set that tone and therefore the group builds around this you know there's nothing you can't share that's gonna create like a a negative connotation or or judgment um yay oh I I love receiving these reflections they really warm my heart and make me feel proud of myself to be honest um and so happy with what I've created here in this group and that it's received so well and that my intentions around all of this have landed and manifested into you know being the reality of of your experience and the experience of the other individuals in this group. Um, lastly, uh, I want to ask just your reflections around or like your thought process around investing quite a lot of money into a program like this. Like, how did you justify that? <laughs> how did you go about making a decision to pay this amount of money for something that's like just about orgasms? But as you know, as we've talked about, is so much more and life changing and absolutely like transformational on so many levels. But from the initial like get go, how did you how did you think about that? Well, there's a couple of ways I'll answer this. One is like, I, you know, women usually make financial decisions like this based more on emotions than logic at the end of the day. <laughs> So it, on some level, was just me being in these groups that you were hosting that were free, um, you know, reading the content that was on your website and really just, I guess, feeling safe in your, um, in your community first, you know, like feeling like I really understood where you were coming from and what you were offering. And then it was, once I was in those spaces, seeing how you were coaching, it was kind of a no-brainer, even though I wasn't exactly clear. Just something, like something, is telling me that this is the next thing that I need to focus on. And so, from the other, another standpoint for me was, um, you know, I started investing in myself really at the beginning of the pandemic, and initially it was business coaches. Um, and the year before I invested in this, I had um, invested in a conscious relationship coach again with this desire to make you know, find a deeper level of intimacy and connection with my husband and heal um certain things but again like it was kind of around different areas and um and and to be a better mother like that was also my relationship coach motive and this i don't know it just kind of seemed like the next logical step so i guess what i'm saying is like i had already um practiced making sort of bigger investments in myself and doing that that um, mindset shift of, cause really I hadn't invested this level of money in, in, in all the coaching that I started investing in previous to that, I hadn't spent that kind of money on myself since, you know, paying for tuition in university, like 20 years <laughs> earlier. Um, cause it just, yeah, it can seem like a lot of money, but then at the end of the day, it's like, but what if I don't like, am I, am I okay to just sit where I'm currently at forever or for another 10 years or another five years? Um, so I guess I because I had invested in other things and I, I could see how even just the act of making that decision and investing yourself in yourself on that level is incredibly empowering. And then, you know, you because you've invested, you show up for yourself and you do the work. And um yeah, and I, and like I said before, it's really something because you know you have the course forever it's really something that you can do at your own pace like for me i was really excited about being on all the calls and did everything i think i maybe missed one of i don't know how many and i think that was the case for most people and and i think that speaks to you erica that it's you know in other group things i've been in others not quite the attendance rate <laughs> but in this situation like everybody's there and there's just something really powerful about 
you know, how potent the group gets when there's that level of commitment um, to the process, to the group, and then ultimately for each one of us committing to ourselves to really focus on this and find that growth. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I'm so happy that you started investing in yourself um, in so many different areas and that it led you here and that it empowered you to make this decision. Um, and I think that's a, it's a very important thing that you mentioned around like, well, what if I don't invest in myself? Um, am I happy with it just staying the same? Right. And also the compliance of this group has been amazing. The, um, also the previous round of Shameless. So this was the second cohort, but this cohort really like outdid the first round, I think in terms of compliance, it was an attendance. It was amazing. And um, yeah, it, it says a lot about the program. It says a lot about the community. It says a lot about you know, wanting to be there and wanting to just keep going, even when it's not easy because it hasn't been easy, right? Like it's not um the the work can be really uncomfortable and even painful. Um, but even so, even through those challenges and even through the ups and downs, all of the women in, in the program kept showing up, kept being present and um, doing like having the level of engagement with the practices and um, and in their process that they were that they were able to um, like maintain. So that was yeah, and I felt that there was a couple of times where some of us were like, um, just you know, I'm busy with this other. Like I'm here, like we would show up, but like I'm taking a break personally and doing the work, but I'm you know I'll be back. And there's just like, um, yeah, this this like I can't really say enough about the level of commitment to the community that I think everybody had. Yeah, I agree. It was very very special. It is very special, um, and I intend to. Um, make the next cohort just as magical and special. And of course it will be different because there will be different individuals, but there will also be many of the same because so many of you have I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like four or five that have decided to retake the program, um, which is uh, so amazing. I'm so honored. And um, and that's so beautiful because then we continue that culture and new people that come into the group will feel so held by by the more experienced and like well-versed women who have gone through the program. And that can bring an incredible sense of just safety, like almost like mentoring. Like I'm not the only teacher. Everyone's a teacher in the group for themselves, first and foremost, but also for the other women. Um, like there's a beautiful co-creative vibe. Obviously, I don't expect anyone to like show up with like doing coaching or you know share you know, skills or whatever but in terms of like how we how the experience is created it's actually a co-creation yeah I think you walk that line very beautifully where you you know it's clear that you don't I mean there's you set uh, an authority but at the same time you know anything that someone shares about their personal experience can be like you know very powerful as well just yeah. the sharing of the experience or you know holding space um, for that person. Yeah. And that's where I come from. So just the last, I think that's a beautiful place to end on here. We'll wrap up, but that's the kind of ethos or I don't know, like just operating sort of place that I come from is that even my, in my coaching, um, in my programs, I bring, I of course bring a level of competence and skill and experience and expertise and professionalism and all of that. But ultimately I can't teach anyone anything they're not ready for, or they're willing to learn or teach themselves. So I give the skills, I give the tools, I give the space, I give coaching, but everyone is empowered in their own integrity and autonomy to be their own teacher and also to feel like they can inspire and empower themselves and other women in the program. And I think that really does contribute to that feeling of like, I'm part of this. This, I'm co-creating this and my voice and my opinion and my experiences matter. And ultimately that also leaves everyone feeling like I've got this after the program ends. So it doesn't create this like big void because I'm not going to be in everyone's lives forever, nor I don't want to, nor do I intend to, right? Like that's not, well, in, in one, in some way I will, because you have access to the program forever, but like, I'm not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to be there forever. Right. Just your voice in my bedroom. <laughs> yes, in your thoughts, in your mind. I know so many people that say, I can't have anal sex without thinking about you, Erica. Now I think about you when I take a shower, Erica. And I'm like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Great, um, great energetic residue to be leaving exactly. across the planet. Yes, little, like, little sexy breadcrumbs all over the planet. <laughs> but yeah, so um, 
Yeah. Well, thank you, Megan, again, for your generosity and sharing about your experience and your honesty about uh, your journey and your wonderful praise of me and the and the program. I, I just feel so, so, so deeply grateful. Um, I'm so excited that we get to continue for another round of the program and to continue co-creating a wonderful experiences, experience with you, but also continuing to coach and support you um, in, the, um, in the greater and deeper unfolding of your transformation, your journey and your, your sexual radiance and beauty and power and also in your business expansion it will be fantastic to see that unfold during 2023 as well as you keep just letting this sexual sexual energy and sexual vibrancy and radiance um, expand inside your life um, so thank you from the bottom of my heart and pussy for the whole experience in in shameless that we've shared for this hour that we've shared and also so looking forward to all that's to come Mm-hmm. thank you erica i'm so grateful for you thank you all right bye-bye <laughs> okay my friend that's it for today thanks for listening i hope you learned something new today or that i reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex pleasure and orgasms in your busy life If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.